Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. your number one source for all your sports betting this season everything from pro and college basketball to ufc mma and more you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online with live betting options free contests and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable bet online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. This is episode seven of season five. We have two very special guests with us today. We have Lindsay Amstutz, who is a... Uh, executive with One Team Partners. She's the head of integrated marketing and sales and also the chief media officer or CMO. And uh, One Team Partners is a group that works directly with some of the major players associations in this country. So Major League Baseball Players Association, the the, uh, National Football League Players Association. So basically working with the unions for some of the major sports leagues. She has a background with uh, Fox Sports as a vice president and as a uh, senior vice president. She has also spent time with the Los Angeles Sparks, the uh, National Basketball Association, as she was uh, the director of WNBA team business development. She also has history with O'Melveny and Myers, the NCAA, United States Olympic, uh, United States Olympic Committee, and she also worked in the Santa Clara University Athletics Department. So uh, Lindsay is an amazing person. I was glad she was able to join us for this podcast. We also have Jim Porter, who is the president of the National Football League Hall of Fame and uh, an amazing individual and has background uh, in sports and, uh, and of course, is president of one of the, um, you know, major, uh, if not the biggest, um, you know, Hall of Fames. Uh, I would say next to, um, you know, Major League Baseball, the NBA, uh, NHL, uh, and MLS. Of course, uh, at least on the American side. Uh, so NFL is is definitely one of the bigger uh, Hall of Fames in uh, Canton, Ohio. So uh, Jim Porter with the Pro Football Hall of Fame and uh, Lindsey Amstutz uh, with One Team Partners were both able to join us. As always, appreciate um, you know uh, you folks listening in. And hope that you enjoy this episode. This was a part of uh, the sport management program. I teach in the sport management program at Cal State Long Beach. And uh, so me and my colleague, Dean Brozino, were able to uh, put this uh, put this panel together. So hope that uh, you enjoy. And uh, thank you again for making us the number one sports law podcast uh, in the world for three years running. So again, uh, sit back and enjoy. Thank you so much. 
All right. Thanks, Deaton. So uh, Jim and Lindsay, it's so good to see both of you. And I'm so glad that uh, you were able to join us uh, tonight. Um, so I'll do some quick introductions and then we'll get into uh, some questions. But so Lindsay, you're uh, Lindsay uh, Amstutz is at uh, One Team Partners. Um, she is uh, an amazing individual. She has a JD from uh, Georgetown University Law Center, which if you don't know, is one of the one of the best law schools in the country, and then has a uh, BA from Stanford, uh, which of course is one of the one of the best undergrad universities uh, in the country. She's got a terrific background, having worked for the uh, LA Sparks, for Fox Sports, uh, as a senior executive, and is now with uh, One Team Partners. Then we have uh, the wonderful Jim Porter, who is with the uh, um, a pro football hall of fame if you haven't heard of it before <laughs> so uh he's the president at the pro football hall of fame and uh which is uh, a, a terrific uh um, venue to visit in canton ohio if you haven't been before uh he uh attended the university of akron in ohio and he also um uh, did an advanced management program uh, at northwestern university which has one of the better uh management programs there at the kellogg school of management so uh, Lindsay and Jim, welcome and, and, and thanks for being with us. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you so much. So uh, we'll jump uh, right into the questions. So if you could, and maybe Lindsay, starting with you, maybe give us your personal roadmap. Uh, how did you get to where you are today? Uh, and how did you get into doing uh, nonprofit work? And then also maybe tell us a little bit about uh, One Team Partners. Yeah, you bet. Um, thanks. And really nice to, to meet everybody. Um, it's so funny when I, you know, you figure out how you got here, I can tell it in a way that makes it sound like all the pieces of the puzzle were carefully orchestrated throughout my entire life. And of course that's entirely not true. Um, but I actually started out and I hated sports. I didn't like sports at all growing up. I was a ballerina and literally the, the gal who would like add leaps in her football plays, you know, when we had to do PE, uh, <laughs> and, and play football. And then my little brother, came along and started playing sports and I started going to his games and I started learning more and a good friend convinced me to try out for my high school basketball team and the rest is the rest is history so started working at I grew up here in Southern California uh, in the the valley and I uh, started working at a little girls basketball league here in the valley and then went off to to college and definitely wasn't good enough to walk onto that team so I did the next best thing which was their laundry I was their manager for a couple of years and uh, and worked in the athletic department and I'm sure a bunch of you guys are um, depending on where you're working right now you know perhaps at uh, at Long Beach but athletic departments uh, in the college space are, are such a great place to start but at that point I thought I had other interests, you know, that was before long before sports management degrees were a thing. And so um, I was like, yeah, I don't know if the sports thing is a real career and I really like politics and civil rights and other things. So I'm going to go off to law school. And uh, everybody I worked with at the time was like, are you sure? Cause you seem to really like this. And I'm like, no, I'm going to go learn how to think or whatever it is they were allegedly going to teach me in law school. And so um, went off to Georgetown and very quickly realized I didn't have other interests. I really just like sports. And so stayed involved in sports throughout law school, any way I could, Came back to LA, worked for a law firm, Melvin and Myers, that did some uh, sports representation because I, as I put in the chat, I had a lot of, a lot of, a lot of debt. <laughs> I was like, and, and a love of sports. I'm like, maybe I can make these work. Um, but realized that I just didn't want to be a lawyer. You know, I really love uh, so many other aspects of it. So had a chance to jump to the NBA uh, and uh, with a bit of a focus on the WNBA. And that's really where I learned sort of the boot camp of professional sports into the Sparks. And thought I was going to be at the Sparks the rest of my life, passionate about women's basketball, but that's a tough business and ownership 
groups of teams sometimes change over and and um, pretty quickly realized that wasn't going to be it. So I know we'll talk a lot about networking tonight, but reached into a network. Uh, I reached into my network and got hooked up with someone, with someone who used to work for Fox Networks Group and had never thought about Fox Sports or the TV side, especially being an LA kid. I was like, ew, Hollywood, that's gross, you know, um, but uh, fell into the regional, the regional sports business and w- was working for Fox Sports for over a decade when a recruiter reached out about one team and I had never even heard of one team and what it was. And uh, it was founded a little less than three years ago by the NFL players union, the MLB players union and uh, Redbird capital really is sort of the union for the unions, you know, but on the commercial side. So when you think about unions, they're really good at collective bargaining and they're really good at the labor. Um, But there's more to be done on the commercial opportunities for players, particularly in the collective group player rights space, which I'm happy to explain. So been there, now coming up on two years, focused on media, focused on marketing and sales, um, and it's been a, a really fun, fun ride. And certainly, you know, to, to speak about nonprofit works, uh, it just sort of comes along with it. There's some really fun opportunities, particularly in the sports space. And so, um, I'm honored to to be a part of the Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation and have a chance to hopefully use some of some of what uh, I do in the industry to to help the Rose Bowl, which is um, conveniently located in kind of my backyard. So. Uh, so it's been, uh, it's just a in nonprofit side of things is a great way to, to be involved and, and meet some other folks in the sports world for sure. So I love that's a, hopefully that was, yeah, hopefully that was yeah. somewhat succinct. I can, can no, go, that's on, perfect. go on longer, but I know Jim's here to talk too. So <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfect. I love the marriage of, um, of, you know, like the, the, with, with what you're doing with the players association, but also with what you're doing with the Rose Bowl legacy you know, foundation. I think that balance is, is key. Um, so, you know, thanks for sharing that. So Jim to you, what? uh, so the same questions, um, give us your personal roadmap. Are, are you calling us from, uh, from Ohio today? Uh, and then, uh, how did you get to where you are? And then, um, yeah, so give us just a little bit of background. So first I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for being here for two reasons. It's an honor to talk to you guys today, but also this is my workout time. It's about <laughs> nine o'clock. And I'm getting out of my workout time today, so I I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I'm, I am in Canton. Uh, I'm from Canton, Ohio. So to have the honor of being the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, in the backyard of what you grew up watching and and, and knowing and and admiring so much what happens at the Hall of Fame, it's just a true honor. I've been at the Hall for about 15 years as a as the president. I was on the board of the Hall for about four or five years prior to that. You know, my my uh, my sports journey is uh, pretty much limited to uh, youth football. And uh, when I was 18 years old, I went to the uh, high school football coach. It was a guy named Bob Cummings. Bob used to be the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, after his stint at Iowa, he moved over uh, to the high school where I was from. And, I, and they were looking for an eighth grade middle school football coach. And I thought, heck, a guy who's played... Uh, youth football how to be able to coach eighth graders huh so I went uh I went and asked asked for the job and the principal of the school said sure and then I got to go tell coach Cummings that uh, I was his new head eighth grade coach my assistants were uh three teachers who I'd had just uh five months earlier as teachers and they were my assistants now so it was it was quite a uh, an awakening but I only tell you that part because the success on the field uh, was okay, but really it, it set me up for life and it set me up on how you deal with people and what, what this team sport means. And, you know, you, you'll find, I, I tell kids, uh, 
uh, I was talking to about 50 or 60 uh, 20 year olds the other day, not kids, I apologize. But and and I said to them, I said, you know, when you in, in 30 years, you're going to go to your high school reunion. And undoubtedly, somewhere in that room, they're going to start talking about your high school football team. Because th this sport is an amazing sport. It, it brings people together in a way that no other sport does, quite honestly. You know, I haven't seen the numbers yet from this Super Bowl, but last Super Bowl, 208 million people watched, watched football, watched the Super Bowl. And, and when you think of what this sport does, you know, in basketball, it, it, you know, I'm a Cavs fan. If the Cavs lose, okay, um, they lost. I wish they had won. When, when your football team loses, it ruins your week until the next week. And, uh, and it's so interesting. Uh, so th this sport has become the fabric of America. And, and, and I'm honored to be part of it. But it all began by an 18-year-old asking if he could coach uh, the middle school football team. So I did. I went to Akron U. I, I, I had 30 years in the newspaper publishing business. Uh, I was a publisher the last eight or 10 years of that. And, uh, you know, uh, it's a hectic job in a newsroom and at a newspaper. I was not a journalist. I was on the business side. But it's a hectic job. And uh, every day is different. And I never really thought that I'd find another job that... Uh, was just as uh, as different. Every single day at the Pro Football Hall of Fame is different. And, uh, you know, at some point, uh, if, if you can see, there's some pictures behind me. Those pictures behind me are actually uh, iconic symbols that we have in, in the city of Canton. And I bring that up because that's what kind of got me into the nonprofit world, wanting to give back to a city and community that I love. Oh, I love that. So, um, Lindsay, going back to you, and I, and I appreciate you sharing that, Jim, and appreciate you taking the time, um, you know, from Canton. And I'm guessing, are you on uh, Midwest or e are you Central time or East Coast time? East Coast time. East Coast time. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. So nine o'clock. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but we got you out of your workout regimen. So that's good. That's right. That's right. What, um, what, are, you guys doing, what are you guys doing next week? Right. <laughs> we'll do this again. We got you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thanks for that, Jim. So Lindsay, coming back to you, if we could talk a little bit about, you know, obviously there's no typical day in in sort of your your role, right? But um, maybe talk about a little bit about what you do in your role, and then and then maybe specifically what makes your job special. Yeah, you know, um, so right now the group that I get to work with does a few things. We work a lot with our licensing partners. So uh, that's like video games, trading cards, and, and trying to help them sort of sell more products. And then on behalf of our players associations, you know, they're not set up the way that leagues and teams are. So we're trying to help them uh, increase opportunities from a commercial perspective. So think of sponsorships. You know, and then our group um, does marketing, production, you know, anything that sort of helps both the licensees and, and the PAs. And I think what's, what I found really special about it as someone who's had a, a fun opportunity to work for a league and work for a team and work for a network, you know, being over here on the player side is um, particularly in this moment in time when you're watching uh, players, you know, have an opportunity to become more vocal and certainly have more influence. Uh, is really is really fun. But what I love most, you know, and perhaps even most applicable to this group is I love the people. And, you know, now like I'm, I've been in this decade or I've been in this industry a couple of decades. And what's so fun is that I get to work with so many of my friends and people that I really, really like. And, and I think that's something, you know, that as you, as you meet people, you know, you may, you may have dialed into this call being like, wow, I really hope I connect with Lindsay on LinkedIn or, you know, connect with Jeb. No, like Isaiah Madison, Madison's going to be, you know, just as important, if not more, you know, and, and this group here collectively. And now 
as I've, you know, grown up in the industry with so many people who we all started out as coordinators and then we were managers. And now it's just such a fun opportunity on, on more days than not to work, work with my friends across the industry. And so that's what I really appreciate probably the most about um, my, my job, which isn't necessarily specific to one team, but one team gives me a great, a great platform to do it. I love that. Um, And then Jim, same question to you. So um, what, what sort of makes your job special? I mean, I can think of some, some obvious things just like with Lindsay, cause you get to be around some pretty cool people and, and really excellent people that have excelled to the top of their careers. Um, and especially in your role, Jim, but maybe talk a little bit about, uh, what makes your job special and maybe what a typical day looks like. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll start where you left off there on, you know, somebody did a study. I'm not sure who it did, who it was, but uh, they tell me that 350 million people have played football at, at all levels since the invention of football, 350 million. So from the youth fields where I I was on to the middle school fields, to the high school, to the college, to the pros, 350 million people, 30,000 have played in the NFL, just about 30,000. Uh, 30, of those 30,000, 371 of the 30,000 or 371 of the 350 million who've ever played are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So it is such a small number. And what is neat about my job is, you know, the first line of our mission statement is honor the greatest of the game. And what is great about my job is, well, there's a lot of things, but one of the things is dealing with these athletes that are not just athletes. They are tremendous individuals. We just got to last week uh, announce the new class, the new nine individuals that are going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in August. And every one of them is just a quality person. Uh, their, their, their great athletic ability and uh, dedication to the sport got them into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But all of these guys des- deserve to be in the Human Hall of Fame. They're just honestly great, great people. They, I've been with, I got to spend the whole weekend with them up at the Super Bowl. And uh, none of them have used the word I very much, if, if at all. It's about team. It's about family. It's about teammates. It's just it's just awesome to be around them. And their stories are just incredible stories. So, uh, you know, uh, that that's a very cool part. You know, I'll tell you a story about you said about a typical day. And, and, I, and I've learned to uh, appreciate this. But about 15, 16 months ago, I get the job. I'm driving down the road. I'm on the third day and even wondering, how did I get this job? And uh my phone rings about nine o'clock at night. I should have been working out, um, but I was answering the phone and uh, I hear Jim. I say, yes, coach Madden class of 2006. And I am like, what in the heck world am I in now that coach Madden is, is calling Jim Porter. And uh, you know, and, and, and I've had moments like that uh, uh, re- just recently um, we are uh, we were doing knocks on the doors and knocks on the doors is when a Hall of Famer knocks on the new door of the new Hall of Fame class and says, hey, welcome to Canton, Ohio. And uh, had the had the huge honor of Joe, uh, Joe Namath knocking on Joe Klecko's door and then Joe, getting a text from Joe Namath, which is the same as getting a call from John Madden. I'm like, what? I mean, just the phrase I'm getting a text from Joe Namath. But uh, in that, he said this was a, a huge honor for him and one of the biggest honors that he's done, you know. And uh, just these guys are just great people. And that's that's the best part of the, of the job that I have. And, that, and then I get to tell the story and all the team at the hall of the great legacy of these guys. So it's a, a pretty, pretty incredible job. I can I can promise you that. I love that. You know, I think I've seen some um, YouTube videos of some of the Hall of Fame, you know, the, the knocks on the door and how mm-hmm. special those are and the families are there and 
um, it's just amazing. People are waiting around all nervous and, you know, that sort of thing. So that's, it's such a special thing. And like you said, I, I love the human hall of fame because that, uh, you know, look at the end of the day, like that's what matters, right? Football hall of fame. Amazing. But, you know, being a good person, I think, uh, is something that, uh, I think, um, is above all of that. So, uh, appreciate you sharing that, Jim. So going back to you, Lindsay, um, so prior to going to one team partners, you were, uh, in broadcasting, um, and a former general manager of Fox sports, prime ticket and Fox sports, San Diego, uh, talk a little bit about your career journey there and how one team added uh, a new dynamic to your sort of career uh, trajectory. Yeah, you bet. You know, um, my Fox sports time was, was so fun. And as I mentioned, I kind of fell into it. You know, a lot of people don't necessarily think about working for their RSNs. I certainly didn't. Um, and if any trepidation I maybe had about the TV side of things, I, it it quickly, quickly dissolved and I fell in love with it, you know, because the, the power of being on the broadcast side, we just had so many resources and so many talented people and a 24 seven channel, you know, and a very highly rated, uh, program usually on most nights, particularly when the, the Cavs were playing on Fox Sports Ohio or, uh, um, you know, out here in LA, we were the, the proud broadcast partner of the Clippers, Kings and Ducks and Angels and, and Padres, King, uh, also the Lakers and the Dodgers when I first started. But uh, the RSN, you know, if I'm sure you guys are all subscribing to Sports Business Journal and there's a, a huge headline about the RSNs every day, pretty much right now, because they're going through such an interesting interesting time. And, and so for me, you know, when I was there, it was certainly such an introduction to production and sales and the TV side and broadcast side and our team partners doing everything we can, because that's what's really the RSN model. Um, But it also, you know, towards the end of my time, it was interesting because we were sold, you know, we, uh, we were, we, the Fox sports RSNs were sold to Disney as part of the big transaction a few years back. And uh, in that, the Department of Justice in reviewing the deal said, you know what, Disney, you can buy everything, but you can't buy where Lindsay works. You can't buy the RSNs. And so they had to turn around and sell us pretty quickly. And we were sold to Sinclair Broadcast Group. And if you've read any article about uh, what's going on right now, you know, Sinclair took on a lot of debt. Uh, I think we were bought for 9.6 billion and they were at the time about a $2 billion company. So they took on a lot of debt in a business that, uh, was in some respects on the decline, you know, still, still a great business, but as you know, I won't even, I, cause it always, um, somewhat depresses me. If I ask how many of you guys are paying for, you know, TV <laughs> from a traditional, what we call a multi-video platform distributor, you know, the, the, the charters, the, uh, inspectrums of the, of the world. Um, I know I'm not going to get that many little, you know, zoom hands coming up. So it's, it's a business that's going through a, a lot of, a lot of change right now. And we'll, I, I read the headlines with my popcorn kind of wondering what's going to happen. So um, none, nonetheless, you know, when, when the one team opportunity came along for me personally, it was a chance to join uh, a startup, you know, certainly a very well-established one, but uh, to try to go build something. Whereas at Fox sports, I was very lucky to be a part of a, a very, very well-oiled machine, you know, and um, could keep, keep that train on the track, but that track had already been laid. And so that was the real challenge and, and excitement that one team uh, that kind of made me take the jump over to one team was like, all right, let's go see if we can build, build something, do something a little bit different. And that's definitely proved out. You know, I've learned, I've learned a lot 
and I miss the, the my RSN job was so fun. I love that job, you know, but if I had stayed there, I wouldn't have had the growth that I've had in the last two years of working for a startup, um, getting more exposure, exposure to private equity and sports, uh, being on the union side, you know, which is something I, I hadn't, hadn't experienced. And so, um, so let alone like we talk about video games and licensing, which was another part of, uh, the industry that I just hadn't really touched on yet. So, so that was a, a great opportunity to acquire some, some new skills, some new friends, and um, certainly just a, a new working environment. No, that's great. And I, I appreciate you sharing that Lindsay, because it's, it's what I love about your career is that, well, one, from a economic standpoint, it was great because um, you were able to move into sort of a, an area where there seems to be a trend and there is a trend that the focus is more on the player. And the focus is more on, of course, now you're working with the unions that represent the players. And some of these RSNs, um, you know, regional sports networks are kind of, uh, like you said, they're kind of losing out, right? Because of the the dropping in cable packages and people streaming more. Um, so it was a good move on your, your end too. But then also there's a sort of this new move, right? Or trend to go more towards the players and more towards their rights. And that's what NIL was all about and everything else. So it's it's really interesting uh, to see that, and appreciate you sharing that. Um, so Jim, you you oversee and manage. Uh, I think I would argue, and as many would argue, uh, the most respected Hall of Fame organization uh, and membership and process in the world. Uh, so maybe talk about you know a little bit about the stress that you go through on a daily basis, um, but then also maybe. Uh, some of the high points of your life and, and sort of in your career, particularly with with regard to the Hall of Fame? You know, um, I, I agree with you. The, the Hall of Fame is such a special place. Um, and, and when you think about our mission statement, honor the greatest of the game, preserve its history, promote its values, celebrate excellence together. When inside the Hall, we ask ourselves as a team, if, if the next thing I'm going to do does it does it honor the greatest of the game? And if it does, let's move forward with it. If it doesn't, let's either find a way that it hits our mission statement or the, or we got to drop it and move on to something else. Everything that our team is doing has to be honoring the greatest of the game or, or preserving its history. And it's got to fall into that category. And it became a game at, at one point now, and now it's just a way of life for us. But somebody would ask about, hey, let's do this. And I'd say, okay, ex- explain to me how that fits into this mission statement. Uh, so, so every day, you know, those are the, those are the decisions that we make. And when, when you talk about the stress, I don't know if stress is the right word because I, I kind of thrive on the, uh, on, on the fact that every day is different, but it is interesting, you know, at the pro football hall of fame, uh, you know, uh, on, on almost every day, we will receive a call or two from a hall of famer. Uh, somebody from the community is looking for something. The pro football hall of fame is really important to the community of Canton. Uh, you know, our, we deal with 49 selectors. Our selection process is done by 49 of the best media and broadcast uh, folks in the world. Uh, so we deal with them on a pretty regular basis, the league itself, uh, you know, board members. Uh, so, so it comes at you from a lot of different directions. Um, but, 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 it, but it keeps it interesting. And, and the, the good thing is the Hall of Fame represents all that's good about football. We, we celebrate the excellence of the best that's ever played the game. So, uh, so, so for me, I, I don't look at it as, as so much as a stress level as much, as much as I'm not sure what each day is going to bring. Yeah, no, I like that. I mean, it, well, I think it was, uh, coach Lombardi and Adidan reminded me of this earlier when we were chatting, uh, when he mentioned, um, 
coach Lombardi, we were talking about something else, but he had mentioned to me and he said, uh, I sort of had this thought about Lombardi, this quote that he had, where he said something to his team on the lines of, um, you know, you sort of strive for perfection and end up at excellence. Right. And I'm probably paraphrasing, but uh, that to me is sort of what the hall of fame is all about. And like you said, was it 371 individuals out of the 350 million who've played and let's say 35,000 who have played, you know, in the NFL. So it's such an elite group and really just respect what, uh, what you guys bring to the table. So uh, thank you for sharing that. You know, you, you mentioned your, your Vince Lombardi quote, somebody gave me a Vince Lombardi quote when I was at the paper and I always had it up on the wall in my office yeah. at the paper. That was, if you're not fired with enthusiasm, you will be fired with enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't take that quote with me over to the hall, but I, but it, 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 it another good Lombardi quote. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's good. Um, and then so going back uh, uh, to Lindsay or to you, Jim, uh, whoever wants to take this next question first. But uh, what skills have you relied on uh, most in your career and uh, did they develop over time? Uh, did they start building in school? Is this something that you learned on the job? I'd love to hear from both of you on, on, on that aspect. Lindsay, I'll let you go first. All right. Um, thank you for that. The, uh, you know, I think what, um, and as, especially when you're starting out, like you want a lot to come to you fast. And I think one thing that I've really grown to appreciate is how important reps are, you know, just repetition and, and going through different scenarios and how much you, you pick up. Um, and so some of it is just uh, things that you, you can't rush, you know, you can't, you can't read them in a book. You kind of have to do it. But I think the one thing um, that I've probably relied on the most is, is that I'm just me, you know, and I try to show up really authentically. And especially when I was starting out and I looked up at, you know, maybe the folks in the corner office and I was like, well, I, I can't be a jerk like that, or I can't be bossy or aggressive, or whatever like that. Like I'm just me. And, and I remember very consciously making a decision saying, you know what, maybe that means I won't be in the corner office, you know, because I can't beat that. Um, and what I found is, is that if I'm just me, you know, and, and people can connect to me and uh, whether I'm in a leadership position or as a peer, uh, then, then not being what I thought that leader needed to be um, hasn't proven to stop me. And so I think that particularly in this industry, being as comfortable you can as your own skin and being as true to you, you know, and, and recognizing that all of us have strengths and weaknesses. So lean into your strengths, whatever they are, um, and be okay with the fact that you're not going to be like him and you're not going to be like her, you know, you're just going to be you. And, um, since we're quoting famous people, isn't it John Wooden? who's like, just be the best, you know, be the best you <laughs> you can be every day and like work your hardest. And so for me, that's what I've really tried to do. And I found that it's, um, it, it's worked, you know, for, for me. And it, it's just being a real person every day. And, you know, sometimes I get stressed and sometimes I miss and sometimes I'm not, but at the end of the day, I'm not a robot and I'm not him and I'm not her. Like I'm just me. So that's what I try to kind of bring, uh, certainly to my teams, uh, on a daily basis. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That, that realism is I think important and honesty, you know, that sort of self-honesty is important. Um, Jim, how about you? I'm not so sure I can top Lindsay's answer. That was pretty dang good. Um, you know, for me, I mentioned uh, I learned a lot when I started off as an 18-year-old coach. And, and the one thing that Coach Cummings said was everyone knows right from wrong. Choose right. And so mm -hmm. that's what that's what we always try to do is, is choose what's right. 
but what I, you know, I'm probably, as a matter of fact, I'm certain I am the oldest person on this call at 58 years old. And, you know, you said something earlier uh, that, that said, you know, don't stop learning. You know, I'm 58. Yeah. I, learned, I learned something every day um, and probably lots of things every day, to be honest with you. The biggest thing I've learned in this role uh, is to listen. You know, uh, I, I've kind of taken the point where there's a lot of smart people out there and people that are much more smarter than I am. So let them talk. Uh, I, I don't need to uh, be leading the discussion, uh, nor do I need to be the first or second or third to talk. Just sit back and listen to people and you'll, you'll learn quite a bit. Yeah, no, I like that. I think that humility is so important too and having that perspective. Um, so no, thanks for sharing that, Jim. So next question for both of you is what is one thing that surprised you about your current role or in, in any role that you had, but maybe in particular focus on your current position? We can go to Lindsay or Jim. I don't have cool football players calling me. So that's, uh, <laughs> which is a bummer. I thought you were working with the NFLPA, like, but yeah, no, um, uh, what's what thing that surprised? I don't know. I need to, I don't know if I have a good one, Jim, do you, do you have one handy? You can start this one. You know what? I'll start with just the fact of how normal all of these greatest football players are and, and, and how they care about each other. Because we, as fans, we have them up on pedestals, correct? And and then when you get down to talk to them, they are just, I mean, across the board, very, very good, good-hearted people. And it, it's interesting to me because I was talking to three generations of uh, tackles in one day, not in the same conversation. And the one tackle who was going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame said that his uh, hero, sports hero growing up was this middle tackle. And this middle tackle was saying that his sports hero growing up was this third tackle. And I talked to all three tackles in the same day. They don't know each other. and But the respect that they have for each other is kind of incredible. And when you think that there's only 371 and I tell you they don't know each other, it's kind of kind of amazing. But their paths don't cross until they get into Canton. So, yeah, that is surprising. Yeah. How about you, Lindsay? You think of anything? Yeah. You know, um, thanks Jim for buying me some time. I think the one thing that, that has surprised and impressed me is just how hard the unions fight for their players, you know, and we, at least I'll speak for myself. Like I didn't really, you don't really think about unions depending on what side of the business you're on. Um, except for every once in a while when there's a potential lockout or strike, you know, and then, and then they garner some headlines. Uh, but I think that's one thing I've really appreciated is that they, they fight for the players and oftentimes the players that we don't know about by name, the players that aren't going to be hanging out with Jim, you know, in a hall, um, but sort of up and down the roster to make sure that guys and gals are are treated fairly and get what they deserve and are taken care of and have the medical or whatever it is, their mental health, whatever they need. So I think that's been one thing that seeing that up close and personal and just how much they they consistently fight for their players, you know, whether it was Brittany Griner. You know, it was a great example. Like WNBAPA was uh, fighting for her every day, you know, when, when she was detained in Russia. And so little things like that have, have been uh, probably surprising is probably not the right word because I probably should have thought about it, but just hadn't, hadn't seen it. So it's been a bit surprising to me. Yeah. No, and I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, one thing I was thinking about with, with, uh, with you, Lindsay and you, Jim, was this idea of how the two of your groups can like, um, I'm trying, I was thinking, trying to think of a connection, right? And it's interesting because in some way, Lindsay, your role at one team is about promoting and showing the excellence of the players, right? 
And then sort of the hall of fame is like um, sort of the end of that in the sense of we get to put this on display where, you know what I mean? So it's like yours is sort of like during the career. And then Jim's is sort of like, here's the full body of work, which is really kind of cool when you think about the the work that you guys do. Um, so now, Jim, I'll come back to you on this one. And Lindsay, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, the, your job obviously takes you on the road often. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, do you have any work-life balance? Do you have any tips for that? Often when you ask you know, busy people and they'll say they don't have work-life balance or the other line is, when you want something done, you ask the busiest person in the room. So you tell us, Jim, what's your what's your story? You know what? Uh, I, I've never even thought about work-life balance um, until just recently. Um, I am on the road a lot more than when I was a publisher. Um, I am the father of four girls. Um, and uh, when I when I sit back and think of how much time I've been away from them, it, it, it bothers me uh, quite a bit, to be honest with you. So what I've done, to be honest, is take uh, take them with me. So uh, I haven't gotten the bill yet. I just got back from Phoenix two days ago, but I took the whole family to the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be the most expensive vacation in the history of the Porter family. Um, but it was also a great experience for all of them. Uh, so on a couple of these trips, uh, I have a daughter who's thinking about going into sports management. So I, take, I took her down to meet... Uh, uh, Amy Strunk Adams, uh, I'm sorry, Amy Adams Strunk, um, who is the owner of the Titans. And she is such an inspiration to my daughter. Um, and, uh, my daughter had an incredible day that she got to spend with her. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to include them a little bit in, in, in what we're doing and letting them get into some of the experience. We're, we're going to be announcing a pretty cool initiative that's going to come out of Nashville here in about a month or two. We'll announce it. And, uh, two of my daughters have been uh, dealing with that down in Nashville with me a little bit. So I've, I've found ways to include them into the into the mix. I love that. And I mean, that's got to be such a special thing, because I got to tell you, Jim, I mean, I don't know if your kids tell you this, but I remember, you know, like growing up and and going to work with with my dad and, and you know, he was a salesman. Right. So I'd go into work and seeing him do his thing. Um, and that was cool for me then. Right. So imagine, um, you know, how your kids feel about you you know, in that sense. Right. So that's, that's awesome. And I appreciate you sharing that. Um, not to, not to uh, put my dad down comparing sales to, uh, uh, to the, to an NFL owner, but, uh, I think I would have appreciated, um, meeting an owner versus laying out some rugs, if you know what I mean, <laughs> and moving <laughs> furniture around, but, uh, but thanks for sharing that. So Lindsay, I got a little bit different question for you. Um, you can answer that one if you want to, but, um, we've got, the sort of idea of we live in this uh, like attention world, right? I remember being at this um, speaking engagement for Stan Caston, uh, one of the presidents for the Dodgers. And he was talking about like devices and saying how um, in this sort of new age, they really want people to be on their devices all the time. They want to have the TV on watching the game. They want to have uh, their phone on, their iPad, their Surface, whatever it is. So, you know, with you being the chief media officer at One One Team Partners, um, maybe talk a little bit as much as you can, uh, overall strategy, development, uh, optimization of media and sort of your content initiatives and looking for ways to connect your players to uh, their fans. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's hard. <laughs> I think it's yeah. the, the biggest 
the the biggest thing I would say, and and certainly what we're you know, I think what we're all experiencing is there's just so much content. So it used to be, you know, content is, is king and it, it is, you know, the most compelling storytelling, you know, we're all, well, at least our house has become huge Formula One fans because Drive to Survive is one heck of a, you know, a, a heck of a heck of a story that's being told, um, you know, as an example. And so it, there is certainly those, those key example in live sports, you know, uh, Jim, you probably know the stat better than I do, but what it's, you know, 89 of the top hundred performance, um, uh, live shows, you know, we're, we're NFL, like, you know, and so there's, there are a few things that can bring us together and, and grab our attention, like live sports. And so, you know, where we particularly where, where one team sits and where the athletes sit, sure, they're, you know, the games and, and highlights are uh, predominantly controlled by the league, you know, and, and the teams. And so from an athlete side of things, it's like, okay, what, you yes, you may have that viral moment, but more importantly, like, how do you just show up as your authentic self? And, and how do you go where your fans are? And so that's something I think from a strategic perspective, whether it was sort of leaning into some of the fantasy gaming or the NFT side of things, but as, tied to, to video games um, uh, and or, you know, fantasy sort of with, with some utility uh, is really what we've done from a, an NFT side. And, and we are lucky to be partnered with, um, you know, so many video games that, that capitalize on the player's name, image, and likeness, you know, as a way to get them in front of their, in front of their fans. And so it's just, it's such a quickly evolving space, you know, and, and we're not all sitting down to watch tonight's news or, you know, whatever, whatever it once was, it's so much more distracted. So just how do we be smart? How do we put out consistently good quality, uh, quality content? And, and certainly how do we, how do we go where our fans are? And oftentimes that means going to a platform that didn't exist, you know, two, three years ago uh, and, and figuring out how to, how to make a mark there and, and speak, speak to the, the audience that, that is, has already adopted that platform, but ever changing. Yeah. That's for sure. Ever changing. I love that. And you're so, you're so right on the point that um, reaching the fans, but also on a platform that probably doesn't exist today. I mean, that's, that's the, like, that's the truth. And of course, one platform is, is in and then it's out and then it's, there's something new and then they add new features to it. So Mm -hmm. it's, um, I appreciate you sharing that you have, you have a tough job. Uh, so I want to get to uh, maybe just two last questions here. Um, and then Jim, let's go back to you. So, and then uh, obviously Lindsay will have you answer the same question. Um, you both have strong relationships, you know, with your, with your organizations. Uh, you're often dealing with, you know, uh, athlete and celebrity types, um, you know, talk about the importance of relationships, the importance of trust, um, and maybe some tips you can share as to strengthen, um, you know, some of those qualities. You know, you said relationships and, and trust, and, and, you know, I'll equate that to the football huddle. You know, the things that happen inside a huddle is, is pretty amazing. And in a, in a world that we have today where where there's uh, uh, both sides are going at each other, or all sides are going at each other, and, and, and it's such a uh, hard situation for all of us to deal with inside a huddle, everybody who is in that huddle finds a way, and they're all different, right? Uh, there, there are different uh, nationalities, there's different skin colors, there's fast guys, there's strong guys, there's big guys, there's little guys, uh, yet they all find a way to make it happen. And that's all built on relationship and trust. You know, the cent- the center is relying on the guard to take the guy that he's supposed to take. The quarterback's relying on the left tackle and, and you know, all the way, all the way through. That's the same thing at, at, at what we're trying to do at the hall. 
you know, um, relationships was the first word that I used when I when I got this role with our team. We have to build relationships. We have to be transparent. We have to be honest. We have to uh, uh, be committed, have high integrity, and and go out and and do what we say we're going to do. Uh, I'm on a I'm on a 32 team tour right now, and I was talking about how awesome the uh, Hall of Famers are. I'm on a 32 team tour right now, meeting all of the owners. And honest to gosh, I mean these guys are all. Well, I'm assuming guys and girls are all close to billionaires, if not billionaires. Um, yet they are, they have all given me an incredible amount of time, and they are also very down to earth, nice people. Um, now their schedules are a little busy, so it's it's kind of hard to get in to see them once in a while. But they all make time, um, and so we're building relationships at the club level. You would think that the hall would have had that, um, but honestly, we didn't have a good solid relationship. So we're going around telling the teams exactly what we're doing at the hall and what our five-year strategy plan is so they so they understand and then when you talk about relationships just just in general you know we do get to honor the the 371 greatest that have ever played the game or coached in the game but all of them got got there because of the other 10 guys in the huddle and they all they all recognize that uh Lindsay, you mentioned it earlier that that you know i have the honor of, of dealing with the greatest of the game uh, you you get to deal with everybody that would be in that huddle or or uh, on the field or whatever the case may be. The hall's got to find a way to honor the other people in that huddle, and, and we're working on that. You know, um, the the bronze bust room. If you ever come to Canton, it is a it is a surreal feeling. I, I go into this room uh, just to gather my thoughts when I'm having a bad day. But it, it's interesting because uh, you know I grew up a Catholic, and in in Catholic church you you, you don't talk, or if you do talk, you whisper. People go into this room and they don't talk. They whisper. It, it, it's an incredible feeling in this room. So we'll honor those guys that way. But I'm trying to find a way to honor their teammates somewhere uh, inside the hall, too, because they didn't get there by themselves. And they'll be the first ones to tell you that. I love that. I, I see a potential uh, NIL deal coming down the road with uh, <laughs> between one team and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I love it. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that, Jim. And, and um I, I love you. You gave me chills when you were talking about walking into, you know, the gallery with the, um, you know, with the, with the sort of the bronze bust, right. Or the bronze sort of, you know, heads. Right. And it's um, it, it's just, it, I, I'm sure it's a special moment and I appreciate you sharing that. Sure. So uh, same question uh, to you, uh, Lindsay, what about sort of the, this idea of relationships and trust and how you've been able to develop them over the years and anything, any tips you want to, you want to share with us? Yeah, you know, it's so overused, but so true that the sports industry is so small. And so like Jim and I don't know each other, but if we spent five seconds, you know, we both know 85 people in common, except for Coach Madden, but like the, who I don't know, you know, like the, uh, or didn't know, but the, um, it's such a small industry. And as I said earlier, to me, that's one of the best parts, you know, because you, it's a family and you, you grow up in it. Um, but also if you don't do what you're going to say, you or don't do what you say you're going to do, if you don't build that trust or you break that trust, any of those things that Jim was talking about, then, um, then it's going to be a tough road, you know, because you're not going to be able to build and you're not going to be able to have success. And, and it, uh, it, amazes me, you know, how people who I assume and, and just, there's no way that, you know, person A knows person B. Oh no, they do. You know? And so you, and person A is going to call person B to background check you, you know, and they're not going to tell you they're doing it, you know, because it's, that's what we, you know, I'm going to look them up on LinkedIn. Wow. You know, this person. So being, um, 
you know, leaving, uh, shoot, what did I always used to say? I said, you know, kind of leave a path of, of people who are cheering for you, you know, leave a, leave a path of, of raving fans in whatever role you're in and keep in touch with those people. So even if it's, you know, I, I believe you guys do internships, right. You know, so like that first internship, like keep in touch with them, send them a Christmas card, you know, cause, and, and keep in touch with them, not just when you need something, you know, is certainly one of the, one of the best tips, but I, um, I always like to share this story, you know, also to prove when how early networking starts. So one of my dear colleagues at ESPN, who's pretty high up in the programming side of things now, um, we sat next to each other in homeroom in middle school because his last name starts with a B and mine starts with an A, you know, and now he's one of my my best professional colleagues, um, just like he was back in middle school when you got extra credit. Remember, I told you I didn't really like follow football at the time. And so he would tell me each Monday morning how the Dolphins did on Sunday. So I could get extra credit in PE because, you know, Mr. Sports Center was always reading the, reading the sports page. And sure enough, you know, he's now at ESPN. So it starts back in middle school. It starts with your family. It starts with all of those relationships, you know, and they'll just continue to build and build. So nurture them and take care yeah. of them and make sure you're doing doing right by them because they will all come back to haunt you or help you. Hopefully help you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well said. All right. So last question. Um, now, obviously, you, both of you have had these terrific careers, and I appreciate you both opening up and, and talking about them and your experiences. Uh, maybe share with us sort of the biggest piece of advice, um, uh, maybe about sort of your career or about getting into, you know, sort of entertainment and sports, um, you know, getting into that industry or even into nonprofit work. Uh, so maybe, Lindsay, uh, start with you and then uh, close with you, Jim. I'd say you got to want it. You got to work for it because it's a very competitive industry. And so it never fails that, you know, if we put, uh, if we post a position, you know, we're not getting 10 applicants, we're not getting 50, we're getting hundreds. And so um, you're going to have to hustle. You're going to have to be creative. You're going to have to reach into your network and see who knows the hiring manager, who knows somebody at, you know, at that company. And so um, you're going to have to work for it. It's not going to necessarily be handed to you. Um, but it's going to be that much more, that much more gratifying when it does. And, you know, Jim said something, which I totally agree. Stay curious, be learning, be offering, you know, the, the latest, the, the latest insights and thoughts, you know, from, from what you've said uh, and don't be a jerk. Like that's, you know, be, be somebody that people want to work with. Cause in sports too, just, you know, as Jim was mentioning, we're on the road a lot. We're at games. You know, I was also in Arizona for last week and you're spending a lot of time with people. So um, they're more likely to hire you if they want to hang out with you. So don't be a jerk, stay curious and, uh, yeah. And then mend those relationships for sure. I love that. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. And then Jim, let's close with you. So just some tips or advice on, um, you know, breaking into, uh, the sort of, uh, entertainment media sports, you know, industry. So before I go for that, for that, I gave you a quote that used to be on my wall that was uh, fired with enthusiasm. Lindsay, I am replacing that uh, saying with leave a path of people cheering for you. Yeah. Because, because that, that's wonderful new or advice in anything that you're doing. Right. And uh, uh, if you have come and visit us in Canton, I promise you that's going to be on my, on my wall that I have behind <laughs> me. So, I'm coming. Uh, that, that would be great. You know, I don't know if you guys know, and if you don't, you should probably look him up a guy named Simon Sinek. Uh, Simon says, know your why, you know, so, so figure out your why I'm a big Simon Sinek guy. Um, 
and, and I'm not one who goes around listening to a whole lot of motivational speeches, but but, but he's one that that, that seem, I seem to really resonate with him. Uh, and and so know your why. And the other thing is have passion for what you're doing. Um, you know, if you if you have passion, people ask me all the time. You know, uh, how how do I interview? I I do not look at a resume. A, res, a resume uh, might be truthful, might not be truthful. It might be embellished, might not be embellished. I have no idea. What I want to do is sit down and find the passion for the person and and what what they're trying to do. Do they have great passion? Uh, we 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 can teach you. There's enough there's enough experience other than these new platforms that come on that Lindsay was talking about. There's enough experience everywhere else to to help people get to where they need to be, but they have to have the passion. So so for me, uh, that's a big uh, big part. You, you mentioned competition, Lindsay. You know, we, we just had 1,500 people, uh, interns, apply for 11 intern positions at the hall. So we had 1,500. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's a small world, but it's a very competitive world. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and sometimes it helps to have that connection that Lindsay was talking about with, with somebody else, because sometimes you need that, that, that foot to help you in the door, but then you're on your own, you know, when, once you get on the door, and then it's up to you and your passion to get you where you want to be. Yeah. No, I love that, Jim. And and Lindsay, you both have been awesome. And I, uh, you know, we appreciate um, both of your time. And, um, you know, Jim, I know it's late, uh, but uh, obviously appreciate your guys' insight and wisdom. And, um, you know, I've, I've learned a ton. I'm sure everybody has. So, you know, thank you for that. All right, folks, that was uh, Jim Porter with the National Football League Hall of Fame and Lindsay Amstutz with uh, One Team Partners. Thank you again for listening in and making us the number one sports law podcast in the world for three years running. I'm Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. This show has been brought to you by Bet Online, and we look forward to being back with you next week. Thanks again. Mm-hmm.